There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we have a tale to tell. It's mostly like a you. a mini tale. Eh, whatever. We have a new intro. Half of the new intro. We've had it for a few weeks now. Yeah. Well, just, we pre-record, so this is the first time we've been able to talk about it. So, um, this weekend we were at the Rhode Island Comic Con, or this past weekend rather, and there was a Buffy star there. Her name is Claire Kramer, as you heard. <laughs> sure they know who she is. Well... Just thought I'd let everybody know. She introduces herself and her character in the intro. I know, it's very helpful. So, whenever we go to Comic-Cons and there is a Buffy star there, Zach asked me to go get a soundbite. I don't like to do it because it's funny to watch you get all flustered about it. Given how the last soundbite went, I was more apprehensive for this one. (laughs) Because I don't always... I don't know. Everybody's always really nice, but I just get nervous because I don't like to ask people for favors. Especially when you're also dealing with like, what do you do when you're asking for something that other people aren't? It's like, oh, hey, can I get a photo? Hey, can I get an autograph? Hey, would you do a thing that you weren't planning on doing? Is that fine? But Claire Kramer was incredibly kind and incredibly gracious. So I go up there and I ask her at her table if she would mind doing a soundbite for our podcast. And she was like, yeah, of course, just come back after I'm done with a couple of panels. And I was like, sounds great. So I went back and I talked to her manager, I think, or somebody associated with her publicity people. And they were like, yeah. We um, need to vet you. Yeah, they were like, can we just, can you just send us what your podcast is so that we can check it out? And I was like, oh, sure. Which makes perfect sense, by all means. Like, you have no idea who we are. So, yes, it's much better to know what you're getting your name onto as opposed to just like, sure, I will put my name on something. Can we indiscriminately use your person, no questions asked? Right. So I emailed them and they were so kind. They got back to me early the next day while we were still at the Comic-Con. And they were like, of course, Claire's going to be done with some panels around 2.30. Would you mind coming back? And I was like, sure. So I went back at 2.30 and handed her the phone to do the recording on and she was so kind. You guys heard the soundbite and she was just so gracious about the whole thing. She was like, is that okay? And I was like, it sounds perfect. Thank you so much. It's real enthusiastic. I know. She's so incredibly kind. So thank you so much, Claire, if you happen to listen. I was very nervous and you were very kind. So. And then I went over like a few hours later. I'm like, hey, thanks a bunch. Okay, bye. So thank you so much, Claire. We couldn't be more thrilled that you were so gracious to lend your name and character title to our humble little podcast. If you want to hang out, we'll just randomly compliment you throughout the show. You mean like hang out, like listen to us? Yeah, like that. I don't think she's... No, don't hang out with us. We're in a basement. It's fine. I mean, I guess you could. If you want to come up to Maine. Anyway. don't. Why are you so upset about Maine today? I don't know, because it's cold. It started to get cold. It did start to get cold. (laughs) I'm kind of bitter about it. Oh, well, it's Maine. It's November. What can we do? All right. Story aside, far less eventful than last time. But it was so lovely. She's so incredibly charming. If if you ever happen to be, if dear listener, if you ever happen to be in a place with Claire Kramer, please go up to her and thank her for us because she was so lovely. I think it would have been funner like if her manager checked us out and it was like, absolutely not. I know. <laughs> I do not want. I mean, I'm not really sure. It was... 
It was long enough that they totally could have listened to a couple of our episodes. I don't like what you're about. Absolutely not. That would have been funnier. But hey, instead of we actually got a really nice sound clip. Yes. And she was so lovely. So thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire's management people. All right. Let's do this. Now that we've talked about Buffy for a while, let's talk about Angel. All right. Just, you know, it's how it fell. Angel and Faith. Uh, We're going to treat this the same way we did last time. Angel and Faith are having two concurrent stories going on, but for the sake of an audio narrative flow, we're going to do one story and then the other. Audio narrative flow. Sounds great. I don't know. What else you want to call it? I don't know. I liked it. Sweet words for your listening. You went weird on me. Yeah. You usually do. This arc, Lost and Found, written by Victor Gershler, with art by Will Conrad, the same creative team who started off the season, so let's dive into it. We find Angel in a familiar location, in an alley, fighting a big old demon that kind of looks like the Abomination from Marvel. I've never seen that before. I mean, Angel fighting in an alley. I actually legitimately have no idea what the Abomination is, yeah, but that's confused. fine. He's usually in an alley. But this guy is kind of like a weird fish face look, he character. Look, he looks like the Abomination. Just look that up, you'll be fine. Okay, I'm gonna trust you on that one. And continuing the motif of this season, Angel is punched in the face repeatedly and is beaten up. Right. It's going to happen a lot this season, so get used to that. But again, with the theme of the season, Angel is rescued by somebody else with glowy blue rocks. Because evidently this somebody else can throw things with glowy blueness. Yeah. And who does it turn out to be but... Amy. Not as a rat, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah, she's she's just there. She's magicking things up. And Angel's like, why? Why? I really can't escape this Twilight thing, can I? What do, you, what do you want? She's like, I need a favor from you. Which, not good. Like, Amy's not the kind of person you want a favor from. Angel turns her down and goes to a bar. Just for the hell of it. You know, to get a drink. Because he's Angel. Sees his new buddy, Brant. They just kind of catch up. And then Angel turns around and sees Amy at the end of the bar. Yeah, I guess he didn't really get that far away from her. She probably just briskly walked behind him. I know. And he's like, I can't see you. I can't see you. Yeah. Because he's not been there long when she appears. Um, My sister, I should have known you'd be more persistent. Yeah, it's been five minutes. She just followed followed you you. to a bar. It's not that persistent. It's like passively persistent. Yeah, I mean, yes. So Amy's like, well, now that I have you at a bar, perhaps you will listen to my proposition. Angel's like, fine, whatever. What is this? I hear you brought Giles back from the dead. Well, I also have someone I want. Brought back from the dead. And who does she want brought back from the dead? But skinless Warren. He's just in a jar now. Okay, also now did he's... you notice that she's drinking wine in this panel? And skinless Warren is in a jar that is the same color as the wine? I don't think she's drinking Warren. I hope not, but isn't that weird? <laughs> Angel asks, is that Warren? And the jar is helpfully labeled Warren, so if you needed to know who it was. Yeah. Who's, you know liquefied insides these are it's not that big of a container honestly you wouldn't think that a warren would fit inside of it i guess he does i don't know we've identified that you could resurrect someone from a vial she probably just scooped up what she could yeah that's true she didn't need very much of him i was gonna say where are his bones but you're right you are exactly right probably left them behind yeah they wouldn't fit in the jar or she ground them up to make her bread that's so gross i guess she's also not a giant (laughs) no that was dom yes she fed it to Don. Gross. And this is apparently a very faith-heavy issue because that's Angel's story for issue one. Amy asks for a favor. And it's Warren and he gets punched in the face. And Angel's like, no. And going over to Faith's side of the story, we find Faith in South America at a covert U.S. military installation. In the jungle. Because Faith is going after Riley with Kennedy's group of slayers. But Kennedy is not there. The group of slayers is being led by a different slayer named Tanya? Tonya. Tonya? Tonya? 
Tanya. Let's just call her Tanya. Okay. So the group of slayers is being led by a woman named Tanya. By a woman named Tanya. Tanya. Well, it's spelled T-O-N-I-A. So I'm going to go with Tanya, but... It could be Tonia. It could be like Antonia. Oh, I was I wasn't being real. Oh. Who, who cares? She's, her name's Tanya. Okay, so anyway, she is the one in charge of this little group, and we find out very quickly that Faith is actually second in charge per Kennedy's orders, which Tanya doesn't really agree with, but can't really argue with Kennedy, so. Well, she's paying the bills. So she asked Faith the obvious question, hey, why did you quit Deep Scan just to rejoin it when you found out about this mission? I'm tough as nails, and it better not be for personal reasons. And Faith's like, ah, oh, it's for personal reasons. Everything I do is for personal reasons. Shucks. <laughs> you should use that more in your daily vocabulary. Shucks? Yes. That's eh, not my usual. I know. It's more charming. Less impact. But more charm. Yeah. Charm has impact. I'm charming as fuck. You're what? You heard me. Anyway. Charming as shucks. Better. <laughs> or fudge. Boo. Charming as fudge. That's perfect. Fudge is charming. But Faith goes to the debriefing where she learns what this mission was all about originally. Apparently, the father of someone named Reese is Zane. And Zane has a pharmaceutical company, and he's also kind of Indiana Jones. Yeah. He likes to go off on expeditions for pharmacies. Right. So his name is Walt Zane, and Walt likes to go into the jungle to get plants because they found a lot of miracle plants in the jungles. And he likes to lead the expeditions himself because he likes the glory of it all. Because, you know, think of all those world-renowned pharmaceutical runners. Indiana Jones. He doesn't do pharmaceuticals. Actually, I guess I can think of one that's Martin Screlly, and he's a big sack of crap. I don't know who that is. It's fine. I don't really need to know. So anyway, so that was the original expedition. However, that expedition missed two satellite phone calls. Not good. So they sent in... Samantha Finn. And her team. And then they disappeared. And then Riley's like, I'm going to go follow them myself and ran away, ignoring government orders. Right. Because if you don't remember, Sam is Riley's wife. His military wife. And she was leading the recon expedition. So when Sam disappeared, <laughs> Riley ran to the forest. So now so, everybody's like, great. So this we is literally the people back. Yeah. This is now a third team of people going in. This Fourth, if you got Riley. It's well, the third recon mission. Yeah. Yeah. But Faith is approached by another Slayer, who we saw before in her first arc at Deep Skin. She's like, hey, why don't you tell me the story about Riley? And Faith goes, well, for those who don't remember season four, I switched bodies with Buffy, and then I had sex with Riley. Yeah, and everybody's like, that's not great. So... Informed consent it was not. True. So everybody's like, yeah, that was pretty terrible to be Faith. So Faith basically wants to go to save Riley to... Make amends. Redeem herself in her own eyes. So off our merry band of followers goes into the forest, jungle, whatever you want to call it. And they are immediately set upon by people. Native vampires. Yeah, I guess they're not people then, are they? They're vampires at this point. Yes, what would the... They get shot in the chest a bunch and they don't die. And they kill tough as nails Tanya. Oh, Tonia, we knew you so well. Right. Maybe that's why I didn't really bother to figure out her name. Yeah, because she's dead. Yeah, she dies very quickly. So who's next in command but Faith? And they switch up the tactic from shoot him in the chest to blow their brains out because that works on vampires. Also, these are the new daylight vampires just to make life more complicated. Yeah, which I always think that makes sense. If you blow their brains out, yeah. I think that would count as decapitation. It, I think it works in The Walking Dead. Those are zombies. Yeah, but whatever. These are vampires. They're not even zompires anymore. No, they're super vampires. Hey, Claire was really nice. Claire was really nice. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. <laughs> Throwing it out. And with her leader dead, Faith is left in command. Again. Like when you was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Thus, we continue on. Back to Angel. In jolly old England. London, to be specific, in Magic Town. So, yeah, three levels in. England, London, Magic Town. More specifically, outside of that bar Angel likes to go to. Is there only one bar in Magic Town? I don't know. I don't know how big Magic Town is. I don't either. Could be. But we see a shadowy, mysterious figure walking outside of it. And who do we see but Ko? Ko switched books. He's on Angel now. Yeah. It was kind of a surprise. I didn't know that Ko was coming over to Angel. Yeah, he's here now. So, hey Ko. And he immediately gets in a fight at the bar because I don't know why. He, he took someone's to seat. They're like, hey, this is my regular seat. So Ko punches his teeth out. It's a very graphic image of some teeth punching. Yeah. And everybody's like, it's fine. It's your seat now, Ko. It's cool. And Angel just looks at him and then looks away and he's like, there's some commotion at the bar. Hmm. I wonder if our paths will cross later. Doubt it. Pretty sure it won't. Be funny if they didn't. It would be way funnier if it didn't. Ko just walked through the background. So Amy starts to lay out her plan to Angel as to why she, A, needs Angel's help and B, why she wants to resurrect Warren, kind of. I do like Angel's argument. First, I'm not in the favor business. Second, I liked Giles. I know. I thought that was funny. So sassy, Angel. He's sassy. Amy tries to lawyer him and says that she's a witch and will probably try and do it without him, which might go poorly. Two, Angel is... Basically, it's Angel's fault that the magic got taken oh, away right. that killed Warren in the first place. Or that killed Warren in the second place. Unclear. He's been killed a bunch of times. Yeah, it's Angel's fault. But he took fault. away the magic skin. So yeah, that's kind of it. That's really her, her point. She makes three points, but she basically makes the same point twice. She's like, I'm a witch and I do magic. Same point, twice. Okay, there's just one panel of Angel's eyes that look like the sad, worried puppy dog that I I think you're supposed to tell us that, like, Angel is reconsidering her plan, but it just makes him look like a sad puppy dog. So Angel leaves the bar to go brood, because, you know... As one does. Status quo. And he goes back to his basement apartment. Lovely furnishing in it. Side note. Yeah, it's actually kind of a nice apartment. It's in a sewer. Well, whatever. Not worried about that. And he meets Nadir in there. Because, you know, breaking and entering. Can you break and enter inside of a sewer apartment? I guess so. She just is, like, hanging out in there. And she finds the sketch pad in which Angel draws his dreams. It's his dream journal. And there's, like, a big building that Nadir's like, do you think that we should talk about this? And he's like, nope, not talking She's about like, that. The magic tells me you've been sleeping poorly, Angel. It's like, that's weird. You don't know me. We all know you, Angel. You do sleep poorly. But while Angel is refusing Nadir's help, we cut over to Amy who was working with the Pixies that were previously run by Corky, but Corky was sucked into the magic. And if we remember right, the Pixies stole the leftover magic and brought it to a source, and it turns out that source is Amy. Yeah, so... So she has all the magic in the bottles. Mm-hmm. And she starts to say... I was thinking about Genie in the bottle, if I'm being honest. Oh, do you remember that Genie that we saw at the con? Yes. She looks really good. Amy is looking into her magical orb. What do they call those? Crystal balls. Crystal balls. There we go. And she's using the magic to recharge it because these magical artifacts kind of lost all their charge during the magiclessness. And she says that she's keeping tabs on an old friend. And we see Willow. Dun, dun, dun. It's, you know, fine. Amy doesn't really like her. This is established. It's well established at this point. So back to Faith we go. (gasps) Slash the jungle. We're back in the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. And Faith has decided to continue on the mission, even though the military's like, terrible idea. Don't keep going forward. And she's like, we're doing it. Because we're five by five. And there's like five of them, weirdly. I don't think that's why she said it. 
It would be way better if that's why. So they come across the original camp that Walt Zane had set up. And we see that there's just a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, vampires have gotten there first. And it's also night out, so that's helpful for nobody. And Faith talks to the military guy. She's like, hey, let's create a perimeter and all these booby traps so we can catch any potentially attacking vampires. And he's like, hmm, sounds like you've done this before. And she's like, yeah, no kidding. That's literally my job. Yeah, she came up with a great military strategy of create a perimeter. Yeah, and Faith's idea was that there's not enough people to watch the full perimeter. So instead, you leave an opening so that all of the vampires will go through the opening instead of trying to come in every which way. Also makes sense. Also pretty basic. Yeah, bottleneck them. Yeah. And while Faith is having a heart-to-heart with one of the other Slayers talking about her naughty times with Riley, in a lovely panel of art that certainly won't be digitally copied and pasted later, it is. I was going to say, I believe you on the first time. Mm. Mm. A perimeter flare goes off. And everyone immediately grabs their weapons, stakes, guns, a massive flamethrower. Yeah, it's pretty great. And so we get some (laughs) awesome onomatopoeia while they're fighting. You get thump, you get paft, you get blam. Whoosh. I like thumped. That's my favorite one. That's that's like a stake-throwing cannon that they rigged up. It's pretty cool, actually. This is a pretty great action scene. It really is. It all works, especially it's the middle of the night and there's a flamethrower, so you get like these big orange and yellows against this black background while just a horde of vampires is being killed. Heads are exploding. Oh, by the way, the dusting effect is green now. I know. Which, I mean, probably looks more dynamic on a page than kind of like the gray it was on TV. Also makes more sense, but it feels like they're being magicked away. In a I weird guess, way. yeah. So we just keep fighting. There's some fwish and some kaboom. Yeah, it looks like everything is going downhill. I mean, someone has a rocket launcher and I feel like that should have done more. Right. But everything's going downhill until a sniper starts taking them all out. <gasps> one by one. Who could it be? Shots to the head. But Sam. It's Sam. And Faith even says that. She's Sam? I've never met you, but... Mm, it's gotta so, be so. you. You're a girl with a gun, so... Assuming. Makes sense. And it is Sam. She was like, yeah, sorry, I... Didn't think anyone was gonna be dumb enough to come back to this camp, but let's go save my husband. Pretty much. Also, your dad, I guess. Who cares about him? I know. Well, it's pretty clear that we only care about Riley. We do only care about Riley. But back to Angel we go. We see the Angel is having a nightmare. And in that nightmare, he's part of some revolution where he's killing women and cops. But then his dream turns into a regular day cop. And he's killing him as regular day Angel. And then he wakes up with so many abs. And then... is, that, is that what you noticed? Oh, yeah. That he woke up with all the abs? Yeah. And then he goes and pounds some dark horse whiskey. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's funny. So good you know, for Angel. Dark horse. I got what it, I got the thing. I like your plan, Angel. I also like your comfy pajama pants. I know. He looks very cozy. Now, how many times did you see Angel in an elastic waist? I don't know, but I highly support it and would wear them all the time. Not often. So Angel gets up, now drunk on whiskey, and goes to see Alistair. He put on real pants this time, though. Yeah. I don't know why. It's the middle of the night. Because you don't just go to someone's house in sweatpants. I would. And Angel's like, hey, remember you had all those magical artifacts? You have something that could maybe neutralize a bunch of magic? Like, let's say there's an evil witch who's trying to come after you. And Alistair's like, I don't, but I have a friend with a creature that might help us. Yeah, and this is kind of weird. Like, it almost looks like there's going to be some kind of exchange here between Angel and this individual. Nazricot? Yeah, like, what could that be? We never see that scene. So, imagine it in your cool. brain. Angel goes to a zoo to get a creature that needs magic. We never find out what actually what happens zoo? there. What zoo? What zoo has magic creatures? It doesn't really matter. We don't see it. One's in England, apparently. But before or after he goes to the zoo, unclear. 
Because we never see that. I like the <laughs> idea of Angel just going to a zoo, though. <laughs> so Angel's day at the zoo goes well. <laughs> and he goes back to the same old bar. I like that that demon's What's tail has to go out from the back of the chair because it doesn't fit. That makes me smile. Oh, both of them do. Yeah. He goes to talk to the bartender. I forget his name. We'll come across it. We will. It's the bartender. But he looks like kind of a monkey bartender. He does. And basically, Angel goes, hey... If I was going to get some stuff for spells, where would I go? He goes, oh, you should go to the pharmacist. Makes sense. Apparently, there's only one version of every profession in this town. Like, you should go to the glassblower. You should go to the pharmacist. Also, weirdly, the pharmacy is in French. Pharmacie du centre. But, like, weird because it's in the middle of Magic Town. In London. Yeah. An angel goes to the pharmacist. He's like, ah, the infamous angel. I'm not doing anything wrong. Leave me alone. Don't worry about it. Bye. Yeah, pretty I'm much. not concerned about you at all. And so Angel's like, have you had any new customers? Like, like a lady who's looking for things? And he's like, don't know what you're talking about. Leave now. I have a prying clientele and I don't ask for names or purpose. Okay, which is fair. <clears throat> if you were a pharmacist like that, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah, but this can't be like a legal pharmacy now. Like now he's just selling like magical drugs. Yeah. In concoctions. Yeah, not great. I feel like he would lose his license over this. His magic license? His pharmacy license? His magical pharmacy license? What would you tax magic under? Magic. I think it would get its own tax bracket. Would it be like... Sales tax? Yeah, just goods and services or it would go under... Probably goods and services. Sales and use or like food. I don't know. I don't think food. (laughs) Anyway. I don't know. The magic tax. One of the pixies is there to pick up Amy's supply of magic, but he knew Angel would be there all along and make sure that he's trailed by a certain vampire with a soul. Yes, and the little pixie that shows up, he's very excited that the pharmacist didn't say anything bad that led Angel to Amy. Except Angel just follows anyway. I feel like this issue is kind of padded out to make it so Angel had something to do. Like, first you need to go to Alistair, and then you need to go to the bar, and then you need to go to the pharmacist. But why did they cut out the zoo? The most fun (laughs) option. And they were like, you don't get to go to the zoo, right? And then to go back to Amy. This just feels like too many levels to just get to Amy. Well, we finally get back to Amy, is the short answer. Yeah, and Amy's like, oh, you found my secret lair that I definitely didn't lead you to. Hmm. How did you find your way here? And I love, this is such an angel monologue. I love it. Because when you first came to me with your request, I thought you were out of your mind. And the answer was obvious. No. And then I got to thinking, maybe you're right. Angel does what he wants, right? But if someone else wants to do the same thing, he slams the door. Probably doesn't seem fair. So I thought about it and I decided I can live with that. That's such an angel monologue. It was such an angel monologue. I love it. But the funniest part is that Amy was actually taken in by it for a second. Like, you see her wide blue eyes like, yay, I'm so excited for this. Mm-mm. And then just her face falls and she opens up her ba- her eyes again and they're black like Bad Willow. <laughs> Bad Willow. Renamed. Bad Amy. Bamy. And she attacks Angel with big mystical glowing fists. That are purple this time. Yeah. And she, you know, for about the millionth time for Angel, crucifies him. Well, she like pulls his arms out. He's in a very crucifixion state crucifixion state yeah it's never happened to him before it's happened a bunch of times so many times i think that's the end of angel for this issue it is i was right so i guess we'll never find out what happened to crucified angel he's until, just gonna live there forever yeah, until next time meanwhile in the less padded out story we're still hanging out in the jungle but now sam is there too sam starts giving the orders which is probably a good thing because what does faith know about leading an army i mean the first time she did it they all got blowed up Right, so probably not the best call. I was trying to think if there was another example of Faith leading an army. I guess not. Not really. I mean, she helped all those slayers. Whatever, we're moving on. And Sam's like, oh, do you know Riley and Faith's like... Eh, a little... Kind of. 
Our paths have crossed maybe once or twice. She's like, oh, what's your name? Faith. She's like, oh, there was this other Slayer Faith. Oh. 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 Okay. Oh, it's definitely the same one. Because how many people are named Faith that are Slayers? I don't know. Probably more than that. I know somebody named Faith. Do you? Yeah. I don't, but hey. Faith is like, look, I'm really sorry. Like, don't think I'd do it now. Really feel bad about it. And Sam was like, you don't have to apologize to me. Like, happened before I even met Riley. And it's not not my absolution of guilt that you need. Yeah. Riley admitted everything to Sam. She's like, yeah, he's kind of a clean slate kind of guy. Just dumped out all of his baggage. And considering they, like, had a few months of Riley moping, got married almost immediately. I know. It's crazy. It must have been quick baggage dumping. Yeah. It was like, hi, I'm Riley. I used to date a Slayer and then another Slayer switched bodies. We had sex and I had this whole thing where a bunch of vampires sucked on me. And this one time I was really strong because of all these drugs. And then I blew up my best friend in an underground secret government base. But that's me. What about you? <laughs> I'm Sam. I like to shoot things. <laughs> Pretty much. Good for Sam. Yeah. I feel like Sam took in a lot there. Yes. Poor thing. And she goes, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm not the one that can forgive you because I didn't even know the guy back then. Yeah. She's like, I don't, I don't have anything against you. Like, whatever. Weird. Weird choices you made, but whatever. And they find the village where all the vampires are and they create another perimeter. Because that's all we do. Yeah. Create perimeters. And they see who's down the village and they look down and they see Riley and a couple of other guys tied up. And Sam freaks out. She's like, we have to get them now. When I left a day ago, there were seven of them. The vampires are killing them and feeding. If we don't go right now, my husband will die. Dun, dun, dun. But something I really like here in the art is we see Sam does this and she gets really glassy-eyed. I don't know anybody who gets glassy-eyed. No. No one at all. (laughs) Nope. But it's an emotional moment. I like it. I know. Poor Sam. And poor Riley. He's all beat up and he's tied to a stick. It's not great. You know, speaking of people getting crucified. But on we go to issue four. And Angel is still crucified by the big purple hands. But Amy just throws him down for some reason. Could have killed him. Would have been fine. Yeah. But, you know, the plot demands that Angel lives, so she lets him out of this easy death trap. Yes. And Angel decides to bum rush her, and Amy freezes him in place with her frost breath. I know. It's very, like... Superman. Superman-esque. And she, or Supergirl. And then she gets a frost sword and she's like, I'm going to decapitate you with this icicle. Which would be actually pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yep. So instead, Angel breaks out of his ice prison, trips up Amy, grabs Warren's jar of guts and runs away. <laughs> Just jumps out a window. He's like, can't resurrect what you don't have. Ha ha. Yeah. He's like, I got Warren. Uh. <laughs> he's like, I should have kept him in more than one jar. I know. Also, like, why would you just keep Warren's guts, like, hanging around on a table? That's so gross. So Angel, after his encounter of guts and running away, returns to the same bar. Stop going there. She's gonna find you. Pick a new bar and hangs out with Brant again, just for good measure. He's like, hey, I could use some police backup here. Some things are about to go down. I have a jar of guts. There's a witch. I might have gone to a zoo. We don't even know yet. (laughs) Brant's like, eh, whatever. I like how Brand's like, I'm going to go get my police force together. And then takes a huge, like, swig of beer. He's like, hang on, I'd like to be a little tipsy before I get my <laughs> gun out. Really loosens me up. Oh, Brand. And Angel returns to the pharmacist where he grabs one of the fairies, pixies, pixies. whatever they're pixies. called. Pixies. And his name is Perry. Perry the Pixie. That's charming. And he's like, hey, go get your lady and tell her to meet me at this warehouse. And the pixie goes back to Amy and he's like, so definitely a trap. And Amy's like, yes. I also have a trap. They're all traps. And I didn't even do a Star Wars line. Oh, did you have one? That's a trap. Oh. 
that I, impression uh, is so identifiable as a Star Wars actually line. Thought that, don't think that's bad. I don't think that's a terrible Admiral Akbar. I hope the cat's purring is not picking up on Mike. Yeah, who the hell knows? He's so excited to be here. Angel goes to this warehouse where he gets one table in the middle of the room to put Warren's guts on. It's also Corky's warehouse. Very dramatic. I also think that's like a giant spool. Oh, yeah. You're just going to turn it on its side. It doesn't really matter. He's in Corky's warehouse. It's pretty empty. He's trying to be dramatic. A side table that he created. And Amy's like, you know, I just kicked your ass. I'm going to kick it again. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I brought backup. And some cops show up. She's like, really? And he's like, no, they're just here to make sure this doesn't make it outside the warehouse. Which, okay, if the fighting was going that aggressively, what are the cops going to do? But anyway. Yeah. It turns out Angel brought a giant spider that he can control with a few key phrases. And the spider attacks Amy to suck out the magic. So Amy just fills him up with so much magic that his little body explodes. Which is kind of sad, but kind of gross. Yeah. What a wasted trip to the zoo. I know. And Angel just goes, uh-oh. Yeah. And the spider explodes with a foom. A big magical foom. <laughs> I don't know. What other kind of fooms are there? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could find another reason to do a foom if you lit a gas stove. <laughs> That's not a foom. Foom. And we can all assume Angel died in that explosion as we go back to the jungle. Hey, look, it's a, it's a bit of a back and forth here. It is. So back in the jungle, Faith and Sam are coming up with a plan together. And the basic plan is kill any vampires on the perimeter. And then Faith goes in and cuts everyone down. And Sam snipes from above because she's good at sniping and Faith is good at stabbing. And lots of credit to Sam here because her husband is tied up to a stake right now. And she's trusting his life basically to Faith, whom she doesn't know. She's only heard not great things about. And she, Sam, has to stay back to be the sniper cover for everybody yeah she's like so you want to put the hands of my husband in his kind of rapist yeah yeah that sounds like a great plan to save his life and to give sam a lot of credit she's like it's (laughs) the only way to work so fine (laughs) not the words they use but yeah definitely not the words that they would use not terribly inaccurate so we start to kill vampires faith and the one other slayer who's still with them my her name is my we can name her her name is my they Uh, run in and they cut riley and the others down And Riley immediately falls to the ground because, you know, he's had his hands tied up above his head and he can't work his arms circulation-wise. Right, so he's like, I can't get up. And Faith's like, you got it, Riley. And my yells, she goes, Faith, we got problems. And it's probably my favorite (laughs) panel of the book. Like, Riley, who has, like, one eye closed from just being swollen shut, cut, bloody bruised, just looks up and gives Faith the biggest stink eye possible. (laughs) I love Riley's stink eye. It is pretty great. And he stands up. With that too. He's like, okay, I am, I've had enough. I have had such a day. <laughs> and now you're here too, Faith. This is fantastic. So they've cut down all three prisoners at this point, except all of a sudden the vampires are here again. So bad perimeter, guys. But there's only four of them left. So four non-vampires plus the three prisoners. So seven math. And Sam starts sniping them off one at a time. And Riley's like, Faith, as in the Faith? We've only met when you were wearing Buffy's face. Now, something that I think is interesting here that I wish we had actually kind of seen. So I remember when this first came out, I'm like, they were both at that battle in Tibet. Yeah, they were. But I've gone through the art, combed through it. They... You? You were thorough? Yeah. They never interact. They're never even close to each other. And I mean, it's kind of retroactive now, but I think let's just say that Faith was avoiding him like really hardcore. Buffy's like, I have to go save Riley. And Faith is just like, ooh, I'm going to go try and fight an army over here, I guess. 
I could imagine that. Yeah. I, that would not even feel surprising to me. Yeah, so retroactive continuity. They have been in the same fight before. But I'm going to say Faith was like, no, not dealing with this. Yeah, I mean, Riley didn't know that Faith was going to be there. Faith didn't know that Riley <sighs> was going to be there. And then once she finds out, I can imagine her being like, I'm just going to not be there. I'm going to stand over here. Yeah. But yes. Riley's like dying at that point. So it's not like he's going to go find her accidentally. Yeah. So yeah, even though they've been in the same fight before, they have never actually interacted beyond that. Right. I double checked. I triple checked. I believe this you. This continuity is in the clear. I trust you. And you should too, dear listener. And they escape the camp with the vampires still behind them, but, you know, they just seem to kind of give up. Yeah, Sam said something earlier about if you you can scare these vampires into kind of scattering if you shoot enough of them in the head, which makes sense. They all just seem to be kind of standing there, though. Yeah, whatever. And Riley and Sam run at each other, and they embrace, and they're like, let's have sex later. And then Sam goes, okay. It's a weird moment. Well, they do. Like, missed you. A lot of people died. Let's do it. And so they all keep running into the woods. They've given up on the idea of trying to save Zane. Yeah. Because he wasn't there, and there have been too many losses, and, you know, he's probably a lost cause. There's so many dead bodies that we just can't search all of them. So they run into the woods. Hey, remember that bottlenecking thing that happened before? Yes. Well, it happens on the other side. The vampires bottleneck them into some kind of... Ravine? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great choice of places to run but whatever yeah that plan we did earlier oh crap it's been used against us and all of a sudden a net is dropped down upon all of our heroic humans and reese looks up and she just screams daddy because her father is standing up with the vampires on top of the ravine it's his pride rock as it were and he's a vampire dun 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 yeah whatever i suppose i have some explaining to do not really I mean, you went down here, you got caught, you got turned. Yeah, it's not that complicated, All but right. sure. But I guess, yeah, if we have to monologue about it, sure, let's do it. You love to monologue. Never seen a person monologue in real life, except for you. But to save our big surprise for the end, let's continue with the Faith story. Side note, there's a big surprise at the end. Stay tuned. Yeah. And he tells the vampires to back away from his daughter, and they embrace. But Reese is a little put off. What would the vampire face and all? And she's like, how did this happen? So basically, Walt went to South America and he met a woman when they were just about to meet up with the expedition. And he's like, don't look at me like that. Your mother's been dead for years and this woman is half my age. Yes. And turns out she's a vampire. So she turned him. Yeah. She's like, haha, no sex for you. But now you're a vampire forever. And so he's like, look, if you're a vampire, you never get sick. This is the ultimate cure for everything. Wasn't that what our pharmacy, pharmaceutical company was all about? I am now the world's greatest pharmacist. Yeah. And they're like, that's a terrible plan. You just can't turn everybody into vampires. He's like, haha, no. Because then what would we feed on? And then we look at our Slayer friends and Riley, who's now tied up again for the second time. Yeah, he's getting real good at being tied up he's bad at escaping so the vampires laid a big bonfire weird because they don't really like fire yeah why not and he's like it looks good on the page and so walt is like reese you will be a sacrificial vampire turning this it'll be great and she's like seriously and the first thing you will drink is the blood of a slayer dun 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 so so many times with that well it's very dramatic still there claire thanks for being so nice thank you (laughs) can't imagine if you are thank you anyway and Faith is concerned that Reese might be drinking the Kool-Aid and they're all about to get killed, which is probably true because they're all tied up and they're greatly outnumbered. 
But just as Walt is about to turn Reese, she pulls a stake from behind her and she stakes her own vampire father. And has a real pouty face about it. But then I guess this was the plan all along because they all break out of their bonds and start attacking. I'm not sure how they cut their bonds, but good for them. They figured it out. They're strong. I guess so. They're Slayer strong, except for Riley, who gets cut out, (laughs) which I like. And they run away and they're picked up by a helicopter, so things are fine, I guess. They run away from all the vampires. They actually do get to the choppa. To the what? You don't see Predator? No. You're missing out. I feel like you should know what movies I've seen at this point. And they get into the helicopter like, Reese, we're sorry about your father. She's like, that wasn't my father. And she's like, my father would never have done that. Also, he's been kind of an odd, self-aggrandizing person for quite some time now, so... And they all get back to the military base. It must have been a really, like, awkward helicopter ride. Like, everybody died. And remember that time I had sex with you? Yes. <laughs> Against your will. So Faith catches Riley before he and Sam walk away back at the base. And For their like, sex. She's like, before you do that, let me remind you of something very awkward. She's like, I'm, I'm really sorry about that thing that I did that time. Sorry. And sorry. Riley just goes, I moved on. I'm good. If you want to say sorry to someone, maybe try Buffy. But what you should realize is that whatever apology you think you need to make, it is really about you. I like Riley. Yeah. Riley's always been my favorite. And they reuse that same art panel of Buffy and Riley getting it on. But to the colorist credit, and also the art credit, they do match the clothes from that scene. So there you go. All right, good on them. And Faith decides that after Riley's little speech that she's been running away from her problems, so she's going to return to jolly old England, you know, because she just left. I know. And um, it's really Reese Zane who wants to send Faith over to England because as a pharmaceutical company, they now want to help all of the people in Magic Town who need new drugs. Also, because the one pharmacy that's in Magic Town is evil. Yeah, it doesn't seem great. So good on her. And Faith is back. So Faith went back to London. Well, she's not there yet, but, you Faith know. is going back to London. She's on her way. Speaking of London, Angel gets up from the explosion that, you know, seems to be fine. His pants are a little muddy. Which is an odd thing for a magic explosion, but whatever. It's true. Inside of a warehouse. Muddy pants. So nobody died except for the giant spider. And Angel does the exact same thing he did before. Like a moth to the flame, he rushes at her and gets punched again with magic. Yeah, so Brant comes in with the police officers, and that's not very helpful. Nothing really good happens there. And Angel does the only thing he can. He goes, run away! Literally, that's what happens. Angel's big on running away. He's like, ah, I don't have my spider anymore. And so to whom does he run? He goes back to Nadira. He's like, hey... Remember how you helped me, and then I didn't really listen to you, and then and then you asked if I wanted help, and I said no, but now I do. In all fairness, every time I accept your help, I get punched in the face. Yeah. So I don't like that. No. The one with the angelic face needs to keep that image up. But it heals very quickly. Yeah, that's fair. So whatever. And Angel mentions that Amy won't shut up about Willow. How about when she gets all of this magical mojo up and running, she's going to be more powerful than Willow, which is going to take down Willow. And Angel's like, hey, I really need Willow. You know, that girl that was in the crystal ball earlier. I do know Willow, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. And Nadira's like, oh, we can get you a Willow. So, I was all excited to see Willow. Yeah. (laughs) Angel returns to Amy's lair, and he's like, hey, I have even more backup. It's not a spider, and it's not some cops. And she's like, oh yeah, what is it? Is it Willow? And instead, Nadira walks in, she's like, nah, me. Sorry, what did she say? Yeah. What was that? Moving on. I don't think that those were words. Anyway, so Amy Amy has kind of rigged up this like magic chandelier funnel thing. She put a bunch of magic bottles in a funnel, it looks like, to give herself the magic. Look, if she needs to tap it like a keg, it's available. Okay. And so she does. With a whoosh, 
She shoots a bunch of magic at Nadira to blow Nadira up, pretty much like she did the spider. And nothing happens. Nadira is surrounded by light, but she is uninjured. And Amy's like, I can't believe it. And Nadira's like, yeah, the magic would do that to me. We're Biffles. Pretty much. She actually does say she's like, the magic is my friend. Yeah, and then she talks to the magic and she's like, oh, oh, she wants to transform back? That sounds good to me. And Amy is turned back into a rat, this time permanently, by the magic. Yay! So hopefully Amy's gone forever because she's annoying. Yeah. And Angel's like, what was that? She's like, oh yeah, me and the magic, we're friends now. That's why I've been, you know, I'm not talking to myself here. I'm not crazy. I'm just half swirly person. Yeah. And so Angel's like, you turned her back into a rat. And she's like, no, the magic turned her back into a rat. I don't do anything but kind of interpret what the magic wants. And she's like, hey, just to move the plot forward, maybe you should go take a walk. And so he does. Like right now, like go outside right now and take a walk. And so Angel does into the mist and he sees a person. Yeah, someone walking away from him. A very skinny brunette. Could be anybody. Yeah. I actually thought it was going to be Faith. Oh. Because Faith's going back to Magic Town. Well, it's not may- Faith. Maybe it could be. So Angel comes up behind her. He's like, hey, excuse me, miss, ma'am. And she turns around. And it's Fred. And she just says, Angel? Yeah. And it's not It's not Illyria. It's just straight up Fred. Yeah, and it's not the IDW like bait and switch either. Like Fred's back. Yay, Fred. Fred's been dead for a long, long time. I missed Fred. Yeah. So quickly on that front, we've talked about before how there are some plans for potentially post-show things like the Ripper series that we got Lavinia and Sophie out of, or how there was going to be some uh, Angel TV movies, and one of the plans for those was going to get turned into a vampire, but they did that in the books instead. One of the other plot points that was dropped by Amy Acker, because she was like, well, these things definitely aren't happening anymore, so I don't need to worry about them, explaining the beans, is that Fred was going to come back, and that it was going to be... Almost a Hulk situation, you know, two beings sharing the same body. Which would have been super cool. Yeah, you know, whatever, but didn't happen. So that plot point is finally being used, like, ten years later. What was originally going to happen? Yeah. And also, I don't know, I didn't feel like, there wasn't a big shock for me. I was like, more of a, ooh, mostly because Ko wouldn't shut up about how Illyria wasn't dead. Just kept on beating you over the head with that. Yeah. And the fact that Ko has just shown up again. It's like, I'm looking for someone. Yeah. It's good. I'm glad that she's back. And it's, it was a surprise to me because I thought it was Faith because. You know, brunette walking away. Yeah. Thin brunette walking away, wearing a t-shirt and pants, like could be many people in this universe. And Faith was just like, headed back to London. Yeah. So I thought that Angel was just going to be like, Faith, I didn't think you were back yet. Or I didn't know you were coming back. Or And this gets me a step closer to what I want of having Angel's actual ensemble around him. Right. And with this new fun combo, we get a twofer. So life is good. Yeah. This arc moves quickly. It's very action heavy, but the art is gorgeous. So I know. I I really quite enjoyed it. My one, this isn't even a criticism, my one like questioning point, they spent all of last arc getting Faith away from London. And I felt like it was going to lead up to something. And now she's back. And not that it's a bad thing. It's, I don't feel like the time was wasted that she was away. And I don't particularly feel like it was done poorly when she was away like it needed to be brought back but it just felt like we were building up to something a little bit more because it was so dramatic that she was leaving and she was leaving and she was leaving and then she's just coming right back in this next arc but i i like how this arc was used so i can't really complain it's just yeah it just felt quick and it could be too that i'm reading it not over like a 10 month span or whatever it was for me i'm glad they're getting back together the first arc of the season was kind of light on Faith's story, and this arc was kind of light on Angel's story. It felt like there was a good idea for one of them, but the other half just doesn't support it. Yeah. So I'll be glad to get the same story under one roof again. But all in all, it was 
it was good. It moved the plot along in both realms, and I like seeing Riley again. Yeah, it's always nice when Riley pops up. And I like that Faith actually follows through with something like the deep scan thing. Yeah. That it's not just like a one and done, that it's... Yeah, it also helps to differentiate her from Buffy. Yeah, exactly. And it also shows Faith's growth because she's actually learning how to be a member of a team without being in charge of it or without being totally independent. Yeah. She's a loose unit. You don't know when she's going to go off. Faith. Yeah. Buffy. Both. Any of them. Illyria. All of them. Sure. Less Fred, I guess. (laughs) Fred's pretty solid. I kind of trust her. Ah, that'll do it for this week. You can find us over on editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thanks, Claire. Yay, thank you. <laughs> if you want to get the show a week early, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Buck a month will get you us every week early, seven days prior to main release. So there you go. Smooth. Um, Send us an email if you want to say hi. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. But we're back next week to talk about Buffy. Sounds like a plan. We'll talk to you then. I don't remember what's going to happen. Something happens. No. Yeah, I know. Vague. See you then. Bye.